Hi, listener. Welcome to episode two of Fixing Factions. I'm Sam Blackburn. With me on the pod today, we'll have Alex Williams and Everett Watterson. It's debate season. The vice presidential debate is tonight at 9 o'clock Eastern. And after the miserable presidential debate last week, we here at Fixing Factions have decided that something about the debates needs to change. So first of all, Alex and Everett, uh, I've seen some opinion pieces, um, notably one from the New York Times, arguing that we should just cancel the debates altogether. Uh, how do you feel about something like that? I don't really know on this one. It's uh, on, on one hand, you know, debates are like a tradition and, um, you know, it does help candidates sort of, uh, you know, like show themselves to the public and to voters and, you know, show what um, what they stand for. But at the same time, uh, I feel like the debates, at least like this past debate, has like was like pretty toxic and like added to like toxicity to the uh, to like an already pretty negative campaign. Um, you know, I, I don't think that's like great for the political culture of the U.S. So I, I don't really know like how to. I guess, like, choose between those two uh, perspectives. Right. I think if the debates were more centered around policy, it would be different, but... So so if we could fix the debates, then potentially it would be worth doing them? But to fix the debates, I think it's more than just changing the forum or changing the moderator, changing the formatting. I think it's changing, like the candidates it's changing (laughs) the system it's changing the like it's changing like what how how much people actually do really know about politics or whether or like versus the hot button issues and that's like a lot of things to change (laughs) yeah i i agree alex and like i think it should be a lot more policy focused as well like you were saying earlier like one thing that annoyed in this last debate was one of the like 15 minute long segments was um like a election um what was it election uh integrity or something like that where basically trump got to like rant about how like the election will be uh like corrupt for like 15 minutes which is like pretty it's pretty dangerous for like democracy because how you undermine democracy is by undermining free elections. So I think that's like, there needs to be a bit of like reforming there, like where, where they talk about like actual con, uh, like actual policy. Well, and, and I guess that does raise the question, should there be some sort of fact checking that comes along with it? Well, I just, it seems like it's so, like, I feel like there should, but it doesn't, at this point, the fact-checking, I don't even, maybe this is a little too pessimistic, but I don't think the fact-checking would, like, there would be arguments with the fact-checker, right? Like, or the moderator or whatever fact-checking there was. It would be like a third debater, almost, you know? It would be like the two candidates and the fact-checker, and they'd all be arguing, like, with each other. Um, I actually, I, I saw one, I saw an article in the Washington Post that I thought was really interesting. It was an opinion piece. And it talked about how, the author talked about how she actually, like, uh, liked the debates. 
uh, and thought they were good because um, it allowed you to see like who the candidates really were. And like, instead of being like just sound bites, you know, and like trying to get in good one liners, they were actually like showing us who they like really are. What do you guys think about that? Well, I think it it's, it's a little bit, Oh, uh, it's a little true that like, um, you can see kind of the transparency of the like Washington, I guess, because I feel like in the past stuff has like politicians have been a lot more um, politician-y in a way. Um, and, and just kind of like smooth talkers and like, is that what you mean? Or yeah, just um, like, and kind of both, they weren't so like, so aggressive that it's they they had um kind of like a code of of conduct obviously not a written one but it just it's a little bit like it shows a little bit um like behind the scenes i think or like a real an actual look but i i don't think i don't know if that's necessarily so, so a good do you thing. appreciate oh okay i think transfer like it because they, they also didn't they didn't really in my opinion, they didn't talk about anything of actual value. So I guess I think it's good to have some transparency, obviously, or like instead of just being like, um, you know, like the traditional politician. But I also don't think that they talked about anything that people were like voting for or like that would change anyone's mind. Yeah, um, I do think it's important to acknowledge that um, even before this debate, debates really don't have much of an effect on people's opinions. Um, A study from Harvard Business School um, basically showed that the influence of debates are negligible um, in presidential elections, especially. Um, And sometimes they will have an effect on, on smaller like Senate races. If somebody makes some sort of large mistake. Um, But in answer to your question, Everett, um, I definitely think that like, a lot of people, I guess, it, really what a debate like this shows is people's like personality and who they are as a person. Um, and I do think that is important to leadership. Um, but it also is a little bit disappointing when... Um, it's, a, it's a little disappointing that it's a, not a little bit more like policy-focused. Um, like I think in an ideal world, the opponents would be debating each other on policy and those policies would be deciding who people vote for. Um, and I know that, that that's not necessarily how it works. Yeah, I, I agree, Sam. I think, um, one, uh, like it'd be nicer to have like a policy focus than a like personality focus, because especially for these two candidates, um, Trump's the incumbent. So we already sort of know like who he is and then Biden, because of like how long he's been in Washington, you, you can sort of like get a feel for who he is too without having to see him on the debate stage. Really what I wanted to talk about today was how we can fix these things. Um, Because I I, I certainly do feel like it's important to be able to have this sort of discourse between candidates and, and to some extent, like your article was saying, just to see how they behave sort of when when pitted against each other. Um, So here is my amazing, wonderful, five-step plan to fix political debates and i would like to get you guys opinion on it the first sort of point um is to just get rid of the crowd entirely um and i guess we can thank covid um 
for doing that for us this time, but I just don't think we bring it back because basically I think that the crowd in the studio can kind of rile up like or or have an influence on the crowd at home. And so sometimes candidates will have these like zingers that are purely meant to influence the crowd that's there live. Um, and then that will actually influence people's opinions of the debate at home. Um, my second idea was to just change the moderator. So instead of being like a journalist, like, you know, this one was Chris Wallace from Fox News, um, it should be like a professional debate moderator. Um, so some sort of somebody maybe potentially through a college that it does debate um, professionally. Um, and then my third point was to require the contestants to recite the rules before the debate. My fourth was to allow the moderator the freedom to turn off mics. Um, and then fifth is if a candidate or their family behaves uh, like a moron, then you can allow the moderator to just remove them from the debate entirely. Um, so what do you guys think about that? Yeah, I I like the idea of having a um, a debate moderator that's not um, a journalist because inevitably, like it doesn't, I, I mean, people are going to say that the moderator was biased no matter what happens in the debate. Like, in my opinion, that's going to happen whether the moderator is biased or isn't biased. But I think um, having a moderator that, like, actually knows how to behave in a debate where, like, it's an actual, I don't know, like what you're talking about, college debate or, like, if you have a moderator that actually knows how to kind of control the candidates, I think it can go a little better. And the one other thing is like, I think it might be beneficial to change the format of the debate. So you spend more time on, on issues and, and candidates have time to talk uninterrupted and then kind of like ask each other and like kind of argue back and forth about what they said and what the other person said. And so there's like time like a more structured debate where it's like two people sort of present their case and then you have like sort of cross examination or where they can challenge each other. <laughs> yeah, I guess like a little like speech and debate ish where they they have time to go back and forth, but they also have time to like give their whole point. And then also like I I don't know. This is maybe just me, but I feel like there's a lot of the, or like some of the debate questions in this debate and in past debates are are focused on like, like I don't know the the candidates like personal stuff and and that and it's like it's I understand why, but also if it's not like I I understand that that gives the candidate an opportunity to address it and stuff and like um it gives the other candidate candidate an op opportunity to like attack them on their like quote-unquote scandals or whatever but it doesn't really feel like something they can debate about so I, I don't know if having questions like that is even super helpful or makes things worse in this context of our two presidential candidates um so yeah Everett what do you think about that sort of about the, the having a change in moderator um, and then a revision of the questions that were asked um I think that's a great idea uh, in this last debate, uh, like Chris Wallace wasn't really able to like handle like the candidates, you know, um, like he really wasn't able to rein them in. So I be with some like professional or like semi-professional experience with that 
would probably do a better job. And also, um, when you have like these journalists, um, what they're trying to do is like push the news agenda. So they're trying to like create stories, you know, for the news. Whereas like a, a sort of like outside um, moderator would be like actually trying to encourage like, you know, debate rather than, you know, news headlines. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree with that. I think that that sort of sensationalist like goal of some of the moderators is really damaging. Um, I mean, I, I think back to just the democratic primary process, um, or, uh, or in the debates that were earlier this year, um, and late last year. And, um, like there were certainly times where the moderators were actually kind of pitting two candidates against each other or bringing up something controversial one president said or uh, one candidate said um and then like giving another candidate a chance to comment on it um and that especially seems really damaging because it's like really just asking for a fight asking for bickering that like looks good on tv and makes like good reality tv but doesn't actually help us make a decision I think the primary debates too are a little more kind of important in terms of like changing people's minds, I guess, because you see like the candidates kind of need their media moments or whatever. And I think it's, it's kind of important for them not to be like manufactured or like a lot of the ones that I feel like are manufactured um, kind of don't even go that well anyway. So like, I think I agree like with the primary debates um, where they actually I'm I'm not 100% sure of this, but I'm pretty sure they actually do have a big influence on people's opinions because their policies are are more or closer to the same. So the argument is like, who's the best to beat the other candidate? And then who has the best policy that lines up with my individual policy views? And I think with the de- with the primary debates they actually do that's actually important um then i also kind of thought that you know even if you had a professional monitor or moderator you would need to to some extent like empower them give them the power to shut off mics to potentially just send somebody home if they're not behaving correctly um do you guys think that's smart like to what extent should the moderator have the power and like will that start to reflect negatively on the moderator themselves, you know, for example, if they like kicked Trump out for interrupting. Um, I think that like giving them power over mics is a good idea because um, neither candidate really could get a, like a word in um, without the other one interrupting them. Like more so like Biden, like really couldn't talk without Trump, like trying to talk over him. Um, so I think if you like turn the mics off, uh, it, it would like vastly improve the the debate experience because then um, you could actually hear uh, what both candidates have to say rather than them just, you know, like talking over each other. So I think that's a really good idea in terms of like the moderator being able to like throw candidates out of the debate. I'm not sure about that one. If I think that would reflect badly on the moderator and there'd be like calls from, you know, whichever candidate, uh, who was thrown out and like calls from his supporters or whatever about, you know, how unfair the debates are. So I don't think that'd be a good idea, but I do think that, you know, giving the moderator mic control would be pretty good for the debate. 
Yeah, and also um, just having mics like automatically off a little bit when it's like just their two minutes. So like they don't even get the chance to like say something and they like know that so they can't try to jump in. Yeah, yeah, I I 100% agree. Um, uh, One suggestion that I saw on social media that I thought was kind of interesting or mostly just funny um, was having like each candidate starts with like a certain number of points. So, I mean, you could say like 50 points. Um, And then throughout like the 90 minute debate, um, there's like a little bell that just goes off randomly. Um, And whoever's talking when the bell goes off loses a point so if they're both talking they both lose a point um and then once you're out of points your mic just shuts off um so like if you're talking far more than you should then your mic will just shut off before the other persons and they'll get several minutes to talk uninterrupted so i mean i i don't think that's necessarily the solution but i thought it was at least a creative idea yeah i don't know (laughs) like it feels gimmicky like i don't think it would work and yeah, yeah i don't know yeah but Okay. It's a funny idea, though. Okay, and then here's one that The Hill actually proposed in, a, in, an, in an opinion piece this week. Um, um, and it was just require the contestants to recite the rules of the debate before the debate even starts. Um, I mean, really, I just think that that would be, you, you know, it, it at least acknowledges that there like, are rules and then the candidates, I think, would be more likely to kind of stick to those if they, at least to some extent, were held accountable for them. I, I don't know if you guys think that would be helpful at all. You know, it it might be sort of helpful. I sort of feel like, like, like the candidates and particularly Donald Trump would sort of disregard the rules regardless. Um, I think his debate style is sort of, you know, like sort of like control the debate by like bullying the other person speaking over, you know, like that sort of thing. That's sort of his only debate tactic. Yeah. I feel like it could be a little more of like a show piece or like something than actually would have an impact on the debates. Like obviously if we had all the other stuff, but if it was just the exact same format and they had to say the rules before I don't think it would really have an impact because obviously people know that you're not supposed to be talking over each other when you like this, when the moderator is like, you have one minute and to talk, no interruptions. And then someone's interrupting. So I don't know if, I don't think it would help people be aware of. I, yeah, I, I a hundred percent think that's reasonable. Um, I, I have, I mean, quite frankly, it's like, I don't know. I don't think it would work either, but if it, if it would help at all, I feel like it might be worth doing. Yeah, Alex, earlier you acted like, you know, you kind of thought that it was almost like a broken sort of system for debating. If if you were queen of the debates and could just kind of wave your wand and reshape it how you wanted to, like, what changes would you make? Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, now that now that I have infinite power, um I think so here's my issue is that number 1 with like a the two-party system, there there are a lot of places where um Joe Biden and Trump where it was like they have a lot more like overlap in 
in actual policy than than I think people might think, or in the actual actions that they take. They're they're not as different as people think. So if you're trying to organize like an actual debate between Trump and Biden, then I think you have to focus on like what they're actually going to get done. And I feel like that's th- that has been done better in debates in the past, but like like figure out look at compare their policy agendas, look at exactly where they're different and then come up with like three actually policy related hot button topics and then that was my my change summary would be talk about policy but and talk about where they actually like split up on policy but then i feel like to fix the debates you have to fix the system itself so yeah it's like the the debates are almost more of a a symptom of the real issue rather than the issue itself yes exactly yeah uh, we talked about this a little bit last week, but I think like the two party system can like really cause like uh, polarization and like, yeah, like like just like sort of like radicalize the parties um, and push them like farther to the fringes. Um, and I think that like helps to cause sort of like the political culture of like animosity. Um, that we see like a lot in the debates and like that's one of like the big problems that you know that that we're trying to fix here in the debate is like just sort of like the animosity and like like almost like um like personal dislike and like general lack of respect that we see in the debates yeah i think it's hard with like i don't know we're kind of off topic but i think it's hard with the two-party system because at least in this scenario where joe biden where trump is representing trump's constituency everyone most people who are like not necessarily republican but trump supporters or people who are going to vote for trump generally agree with his policies it's more of a, a center around something whereas joe biden has to like has to get the support of the 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 democrats the the never trump republicans and which isn't really a big constituency in my but like um i i think i kind of have two points there um and one of them is that um actually uh, trevor noah the the daily show comedian talked a little bit about that i mean he kind of talked about um the democrats being like a big tent party um with like a, a relatively diverse coalition of you know, those on the far left, um, uh, you know, Joe Biden's certainly trying to attract some of those never Trump Republicans. Um, then, you, you know, you have a, a far greater racial diversity um, among members or Democratic Party voters. Um, and the Republican Party is more of like kind of a small tent party. Um, you know, Trump has camped himself like pretty far to the right. Um and it's like he manages to to be pretty extreme, but also brand the Democrats as extreme enough that people are still willing to vote for him. So to some extent, I think it's like the very structures of the parties themselves and who they're trying to attract is part of the problem. Um, but then the other thing I think is that Trump has had um, four years in office um, and then another two years on the campaign trail to sort of like convince people and to build himself a brand 
um, that people really seem to like appreciate. So I, I think that there are a lot of current Trump voters that could potentially, you know, be won over by the policies of a third party um, if they weren't already committed to Trump. So maybe in like a year where you had um, like two uh, candidates, um, neither of which um, were an incumbent running for office, you could potentially have like sort of an opening for for even some of those current Trump supporters to to support a third party candidate. Right, exactly. And when you when you talked about like the Democrats being more like the the Democratic Party really has like one like I, I agree, the Democratic Party doesn't really have like one kind of monolith of opinions. And obviously I know that like within the Trump the Trump Party, no, the the Trump's the Trump supporters and the Republican Party, there's obviously people that that disagree, but it's less of a disagreement on like there's less of a disagreement on like how government should work and like major things. And there's more of a disagreement on like how it should be implemented or like what exactly the specific, you know, um, I was thinking, uh, if I was Biden or on Biden's campaign, I might not want to change the debates actually, because I feel like, um, for Biden, uh, what he wants to do is, uh, I think what, so I think what Republicans like object to with about Trump is like his personal character and like what he's sort of doing to political culture and like political institutions in Washington. I think his policy actually like appeals to a lot of Republicans. So, I, and like, you know, more conservative independents. So I think for um, Biden, he wants to keep like the focus, like Trump's focus on like being like a bully and being, you know, his usual Trump self, you know, that's really distasteful to a lot of Republicans and, you know, more moderate um, independents rather than have Trump like actually being able to talk about policy, um, which will actually be, you know, uh, convincing for for not only his base but also for like swing voters who are more yeah i actually completely agree with that i mean like i personally don't think that biden is super capable of talking about policy like he took a lot of like trump bait from like i i don't think that biden is super capable of like debating an actual policy and like People that are vote like I don't think people are really voting for Biden. Like no one is. I mean, okay, there, I'm sure there there are some people, but like no one is like I love Joe Biden. Oh my gosh, Joe Biden. Like he doesn't have people. I don't. I think people are obviously voting against Trump when they're voting for Biden. Yeah, so I think a good strategy for Biden would be to sort of um, showcase why people should be afraid of Trump, which I think like the first debate did pretty well i mean he he was like rude he's like super toxic he ranted for like 15 minutes about you know how um corrupt and like uh problematic like our election is gonna be like that there's there's some red flags there and i think people picked up on it like i think the majority of people would say that um trump performed badly in in the first debate 
I think, yeah, I mean, here's the thing, though, is from what I saw, the um, opinions of the debate, I'll say this really quickly, um, like, it was about, what was it, like, 40 Biden, 40 Trump, and then, like, 20 or, like, 10% or whatever said neither. Like, from what I, re- I don't remember the exact numbers, but, like, the people that thought, like, it lined up pretty well with, like, actual national polling. So I don't know how much, like, the Trump being, like, I think at this point, people know that Trump is just going to be Trump. So I don't, I don't know. Like, I think at this point, like, people are definitely aware of that. Like, um, especially people that have been, like, have been around since 2016 and saw him then and saw him throughout his presidency saying stuff. Like, I, I don't. I think it's like there's in, there's uncountable like I don't know the word there's in like endless that's the word there's endless instances of of Trump being like that but so I don't think adding more is really like changing anyone's mind. Hey everybody, thanks for listening to Fixing Factions. If you like what you heard and want to help us grow, you can go ahead and follow us on Instagram at Fixing Factions. We're also playable on smart speakers. Go ahead and tell your Alexa or Google Home simply to play the most recent episode of Fixing Factions, and we should come right up. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in your feed next Wednesday.